Hey guys, it's Juad here with Hit The Apex Podcast. How are we all doing? Thank you for tuning in for another edition, another week. Um, in uncertain times, basically, you know, it's not, uh, what do you call it, not going to lie straight off the bat and say that, you know, it's it's been an interesting seven days. It's been seven days since um, what was supposed to be the Australian Grand Prix Um didn't happen, of course, as you would know, unless you've been blissfully living under a rock, you know, like I'm sure most of us would want to do that at this stage, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's a rapidly changing situation, constantly evolving, um, and yeah, you know, sorry, I was just uh, having a nap before, <laughs> I only just woken up, I'm like, oh, i got to record this podcast, um, trying to enjoy a day off, you know, work has been pretty, pretty hectic, as you'd imagine, um, given what's going on in the world, um, amidst coronavirus, uh, there you go, I said it, <laughs> but yeah, um, I was going to bring the podcast a bit earlier, or I was going to do it a bit earlier, um, considering we didn't have a race over the weekend, but I was like, yeah, I'd rather just wait it out to the normal time, um, the following week, because I don't want too much emotion to get into it, because, yeah, Saturday, or Friday after the cancellation, you could have imagined, you know, everyone was feeling a bit emotional, a bit, um, stressed out, it was very tiring, exhausting, you know, you got to think about the teams and the crews and all the international media as well, fans who unfortunately couldn't make it onto the track on Friday. Um, but yeah, just, you know, it was good to take the weekend off and then obviously hitting this week um, with work and what's going on there too. So yeah, I wanted to wait before I would talk about the events of last week's Australian Grand Prix, or the, the not the Australian Grand Prix, I guess, um, this is basically how it all panned out, you know, so as you would know, it was cancelled, we've had the next two events as well, postponed, um, amid the global pandemic that is coronavirus, or COVID-19, as it's being referred to, so it was 10.30 Friday morning that, um, we had the confirmation that the event was cancelled from the Australian Grand Prix Corporation and Formula One management, and this was all after a McLaren team team member tested positive on the Thursday night for coronavirus, and basically there was a cloud over the event before it all started, you know, whether we should be here or not, given the fact that it was rapidly changing, and also the situation in Australia was not as, let's say, let's just say it wasn't as it is this week, you know, in the present, then um, you could have said in hindsight maybe not to have had the event at all, but, you know, there were some people who were optimistic, you know, whether optimism is one way to put it or whether it was just pure greed as, you know, some people are bringing the angle in as well. Um, It's hard, you know, it's off, you know, anyway, they cancelled it. It could have been a lot worse than it was, I would say, given that we've only had two positive cases so far, and it usually takes about a week at most for anyone to to show symptoms. So, apart from, like, we haven't heard anything like fans or anything, 
speaking out or other members of the media, but, you know, as far as direct F1 personnel are concerned, so far we've only had two positive cases of coronavirus. Obviously, the McLaren team member who's currently under quarantine, um, 14 days they've got to see out before they can leave the country, and, of course, a Pirelli um, team member as well has been forced into lockdown so that's that um thursday media day that uh proceeded as normal um we did all the driver portraits and everything for the start of the new year all the press calls interviews and whatnot and the big talking board in everyone's mind was basically the coronavirus and seven days on you know we kind of forgot that there was a race or a championship to begin we're all just it's all about the virus and what um, what impact it's having, the mass cancellations worldwide that is uh, currently happening, you know, still happening as well with events being postponed, cancelled. Lewis Hamilton in the press conference, I think he was the only driver who was very vocal about um, what was going on. He said basically he was shocked that we're all sitting in this press conference room. Um, he even made the claim that cash is king in reference to the fact that you know what's the reason that we're actually here to to do the race and everything and he believes that it was all financially motivated so yeah when you listen to all that sorry guys just had to go make myself a cup of coffee uh, <laughs> falling asleep on here again um it's weird because it's middle of the afternoon on a Thursday, and, um, well, it's just been a very long week, but yeah, going back to, you know, Lewis Hamilton, he pretty much, I mean, everyone felt that he was speaking on behalf of all the people who didn't want to speak up about this situation, and again, in hindsight, he was right about, you know, the fact that we shouldn't be here kind of thing, you know, um, that all it took in the end was one positive case to forced the whole event to be called off and then given the fact that um it was going to be a loss anyway that why did it get this far like financial loss that is so going on with the timeline again so we left the track Thursday um it wasn't until late night on Thursday where McLaren team announced that um they had their first positive case after a few tests um a few people were locked down for tests including the Haas team some of their team members they returned negative tests and it was the McLaren team member that was positive um and as a result of that the more shocking thing was that McLaren had announced that they would be withdrawing entirely from the Australian Grand Prix so that's basically what triggered all the movement um Thursday night Friday morning it was very intense with things changing by the hour and it was very difficult because a lot of people were reporting tr or trying to report what was going on and it was all based off guesswork and, you know, my source said this, my source said that kind of thing and there wasn't a clear, there wasn't a clear answer until the following morning, so what had occurred in the time before that is that there was a crisis meeting between the team bosses to decide on whether they were going to race or not, apparently it was um, hung the vote and then it was Mercedes who split it at the end with Toto Wolf getting a phone call from uh, one of the Daimler bosses in Germany and um, basically saying Toto it's in your hands you 
make the call what you think and then eventually Toto decided from first he was going to race and then to no I think it's best we don't so there was only three or four teams in the end who were voted to racing Red Bull being one of them um but yeah that was that but we still hadn't a clue, you know, as to what was going on. There wasn't any official statements or announcements apart from McLaren's withdrawal. Um, there was also the bosses as well, you know, Chase Carey, Ross Braun, um, who were talking to the Australian Grand Prix Corporation people, um, Chairman Andrew, Andrew Westacott, also um, Paul Little as well. So it was... Basically, yeah, into the early hours of the morning, these guys were having their meetings. Chase Carey, in fact, was on a flight back from Vietnam to to Melbourne, um, given that, you know, the Vietnamese Grand Prix now we know has been postponed as well, likely not to go ahead. Um, and that would have been a bummer for him because, you know, that was Liberty's, Liberty Media's baby, the Vietnamese Grand Prix, to have made the debut this year. But I guess it's not their fault that they can't go ahead, you know, this is a global crisis, pandemic, whatever, Um, but a lot of flack still being put towards Chase Carey because of this, Ross Braun as well, um, saying that, yeah, previously that a championship race cannot go on without all the teams if, uh, if a team is affected by this coronavirus or whatever, so... I guess in the end, in accordance with that, the fact that, you know, one team had withdrawn and then all the teams basically, or the majority of the teams voted against racing altogether, that they had to come to the decision that, you know, they couldn't race. So not only that, but a number of factors too, given, you know, the health of the public as well, the health of the remaining staff. Because this is the thing with motorsport is that unlike other sporting events like football or whatever, you have way more support staff than you do for those things. So, you know, given that there's a ban now on non-essential gatherings in Australia of over 500 people, and I think even 100 people at this stage, you would have like 500 people easily at a track, you know, for a Formula One event because you think about marshals, you think about the media, you think about the support categories as well and at the Grand Prix in Melbourne you had you know supercars as well which is a whole huge paddock in itself and you know S5000 TCR and all that so there's a lot of people that are involved and of course the marshals as well who are volunteering there all the staff at the track who are doing catering and stuff I mean I've had phone calls from people this week saying that they want to they've got all this stuff that was unused that they want to donate to to the store and everything and you know we can't take a huge volume of stuff like that but you know passing them on to the right people to get in touch to make a large quantity donation of you know cutlery and crockery and all that sort of thing but also catering companies and restaurants who prepared food and everything now they're having to sell that at a discount price at their particular restaurant so Going back to the timeline though, so yeah, Chase Carey ended up arriving in Melbourne early in the morning, um, we had the two-seater, unbelievably, the uh, Minardi V10 two-seater going around the track, I can actually hear it from my place, believe it or not, um, at around 7.30 in the morning, um, and that was basically like the, the rooster calling that, you know, it seems like business as usual, if they haven't closed the track down, they've still got all the marshals there to be... to 
allow the two-seater to go ahead. There was media that were filtering through into the track as well, other staff. And then, of course, the uh, teams were due to arrive at 9 o'clock because of the um, curfew that they have. But we had a call from the Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews. He said that the race happens behind closed doors or not at all, but that was pending the decision of the organisers. So this, again, seemed like it was a disconnected um, response that, you know, hang on, shouldn't you guys be issuing a response in unison, you know, given that there are so many different bodies that go into organising an event like this. So Premier Andrews said what he said, but without, you know, the AGPC coming out and saying something immediately and also the Formula One management people as well and the FIA. That came much later, you know, 10.30 in the morning. So given that we had the two-seater on at about 7.30, quarter to 8 or 8 o'clock is when we heard from Daniel Andrews. It wasn't until 10.30 that we got an official statement from the Grand Prix Corporation and Formula One management about the cancellation of the event. So... Between that and then the cancellation, you had fans lining up at the gates, you know, the support categories were delayed, Um, some of the teams did rock up at 9 o'clock when the curfew was lifted, but, you know, they, you could tell that their priorities were not that of, you know, setting up for practice session one, which was due at midday, Um, packing had sort of become, packing had started to get underway and everything you know the Alfa Romeo team were enjoying a spot of breakfast um usually at the time when you'd be practice uh, what do you call it preparing for practice one but f- what kind of bothered me the most at that time was that there was fans you know waiting at the gates you know hordes like thousands of them basically like in the dark not knowing what was going on um and given the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic at the moment, this virus, having thousands of people crowded crowded into a little space like outside a gate is probably the worst thing you could have done. You know, I wouldn't have, I would have like just sent them home straight away. I'm sure other people would say the same thing or, you know, tell them to disperse. But even that, you know, how do you disperse altogether? You know, you crowd the public transport. Um, You know, there was trams that were still backed up even in the afternoon when I left the track as well, which was much later um, in the day. There were still people leaving and everything because, you know, everyone's got to reorganize their travel plans and this and that. So, you know, it was disappointing for those guys more than anything, given that they're the lifeblood of the sport, you know, of any sport, are the fans, you know, the fact that they were kept in the dark. Um, eventually, when the statement came out, the um, Australian Grand Prix Corporation bosses and Chase Carey, they faced the media, um, did a press conference uh, in front of all the media out in the open. There was uh, TV, local TV, as well as the international guys um, asking questions. The term fluid was used quite a lot from Chase Carey and also Andrew Westacott um, saying that, yeah, you know, it's a rapidly changing situation. They all reckon that they acted as quickly as possible given the situation. Um, And in hindsight, I think, thinking about it a bit more, they probably did the best that they could given, given the timeline, how it was only, you know, eight hours ago or nine hours ago that we had the first positive case 
then you had to then you had the team principals meet then you had you know the the bosses themselves meet as well for for the sport and yeah you know it's just should the event gone should have gone ahead should it not in hindsight you could say no but you know that's hindsight you know we we don't think about these things or most of us don't think about these things beforehand we all were looking forward to having an event in some capacity or not you know knowing that we have this pandemic in the air at the moment and it is you know moving quickly to close things down that we all love and everything and given that sport is a an escape for so many people um there is a lot of disappointment all over the world that, you know, given the fact that people are now having to stay inside, they're under isolation or, you know, they've they've lost their jobs and things like that, that, you know, they need something to, to feel a bit more positive. So in this situation, though, motorsport unfortunately couldn't help, um, which pains me to say, even though they're doing like online esports racing, which seems like a lot of fun. Um, and as I said before, you know, even without fans of the track, the a Grand Prix weekend involves just too many people and given that Formula One travels all over the world too, air travel as well is just very risky. So too risky. Um did they act quick enough? Well, I guess yes they did, given that other when I'm looking at other things that are going on at the moment, um, even on a personal level, I feel like decisions the right decisions aren't really being made quick enough. Um, I'll leave it at that, but yeah, you know, the fallout from it basically, so you've got 14 team members from McLaren who are isolated and quarantined here, um, it was good hearing that their team boss Andreas Seidel has decided to stay behind in Melbourne just as a morale booster for his team, so that's true leadership right there, you know, and Chase Carey came out and wrote an open letter to the fans issuing an apology as well, um, they've said that the F1 season will probably start off start up in May at this stage but from all likelihood well in all likelihood and from what I've been hearing it's more likely going to be June um Baku potentially touted as the the season opener and now that they've actually enforced the mid-season shutdown um we're actually not going to have that traditional break in August so we're going to race all the way through August but um what this does is basically have ramifications on the rest of the obviously it has ramifications on the rest of the season but it also affects the team's plannings for 2021 and given the fact that 2021 was supposed to be the the watershed year that we're changing regulations we're heading into a new era for the sport um if staff are unable to go to the factories or take part in work and everything then how can they prepare how can some of the teams that perhaps you know are strapped for cash prepare for that sort of thing so there has been a call that you know or there's going to be some meetings to determine whether that um, they're going to do that or not or potentially freeze the current regulations to for another year and uh, freeze development just allow them to work on aero instead of gearbox and power unit and that'll save some costs for next year but at the same time I'm not one to really speculate and hypothesize what is going to happen next um, given what did unfold last week and all the hearsay and the speculation that um, happened in the early hours of Friday morning I did my best to report what was fact and what was 
coming out as the truth rather than trying to create a story where there was no story, you know. So um, I was there on the ground for the, the website, The Raw, at the time. Um, Friday morning, I was doing a live blog, just updating everyone what was going on, what the official word was as well, what um, not what was rumoured. Um, and then also whatever the fallout was from there as well, which got a pretty good response. It was a very, probably one of the most intense news days for me while I've been doing this reporting stuff. You know, like I only do cover a Grand Prix like this once a year for, for Melbourne. And the fact that we weren't even talking about racing at all. I think I wrote one article about racing and that was, you know, before everything basically hit the fan and then we were just talking about what the impact of the coronavirus was um and for sport in general i think it's just been an unprecedented last couple of months um i'm even trying to think back to the bathurst 12 hour when we were there and you know that was kind of the when we were hearing rumblings and you know the beginnings of the coronavirus and everything but we wouldn't have imagined that it would have stopped as much as it has now um so that's not what i'm going to do is to speculate and hypothesize what we should expect to see later this year when things get going again um i want to stay clear of that and when we do have a clearer idea of what's going on then i'll then i'll talk about it i'll give my opinion about it but i just don't want to speculate and talk nonsense or you know oh yeah i think that this should happen because at the moment i think we all just need to to stay calm and you know try and find other things that we can stay positive about um and whatnot and not get too carried away with all the all the nonsense that are out that is out there because there is more than motorsport out there at the moment that is bothering a lot of people um so talking about the wider impact of what's going on at the moment with the coronavirus the the panic buying is something that i'm really getting frustrated with um because not because you know it's affecting me directly with the fact that you know i can't even buy bananas for example um or tissue paper but my thinking is about you know the poor the vulnerable the people who perhaps don't have access to these things or who are on benefits and stuff like that who can't go out and hoard like these other people are you know mouth breathers i said a couple of weeks ago that these people who are panic buying and just stripping the the supermarket shelves bare um it's unfair on the people who are less fortunate and who have nothing you know what do they do they who barely can survive as it is whereas you've got these pigs just going out there and um taking everything for themselves and then what will happen is that they've stocked up so much that they'll end up wasting a lot of the the food and stuff and that is what absolutely grinds my gears is the the waste that goes on in our society um you know the mass consumerism the mass waste as well and i don't care how many people think that oh you know humans have evolved since the dawn of mankind or the dawn of humankind or whatever but we're seeing humanity's true nature i guess in a situation like this where everyone's like oh you know and i think bill burr on his podcast was talking about it um earlier this week as well that oh 
and I'm not going to, I'm just going to paraphrase what he said, because I agree, is that, oh, you know, we think that we're so, or people think that they're so, oh, you know, we're so caring, and, you know, positive vibes only, blah, 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 Um, and I know quite a few people who are like that, who put on this faux um, image that, oh, yeah, positive vibes, blah, 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 but then when it comes to this sort of thing, this sort of pandemic, they completely change character, they, you know, whether they're panicking, or they're under pressure, or whatever, from other people, their demeanor is completely different, you know, and where you do want to look up to someone like that, to have guidance, and for a reassurance, and for, for a bit of care as well, it's not there, you know, instead, you know, you're being you have no one to support, and this is where I'm like, well, what can we do, I mean, what can I do, I mean, I've been doing my best all week at work, you know, to make sure everyone's looked after, and um, making sure that there's uh, things in place, and plans in place to cover for people who are unable to come to work, and everything, so it's not, you know, it's not easy, that sort of thing, and it's not like personally as well, it's not affecting um, all of us, you know, um, I obviously am upset that we've had over 125 motorsport events cancelled or postponed globally, not that I'd watch 125 events over the next two months, but, you know, things like, you know, the World Endurance Championship, MotoGP, even supercars now as well has had to cancel the next three rounds, um, Le Mans, 24-hour Le Mans has been announced that it's going to be postponed till September, the NBA suspended cricket competitions all over the world, so the Pakistani Super League, which was on, that's been called off as well, the Sheffield Shield was declared early, the One Day Internationals that they were playing between Australia and New Zealand, um, Australian government has issued a travel ban and, um, obviously the ban on non-essential gatherings, as I said before, but the, the travel ban, it's like level four or something, where, you know, they say, don't leave the country, and if you are already outside the country, if you're an Australian citizen, to get home as soon as you can, you know, risking that you might not be able to get any kind of government assistance if you're stuck overseas, and that's never happened before, um, certainly not in my lifetime, and a lot of people are saying that as well, that, you know, never have they had something like this happen, and as a result of that, of course, I've had to put a postponement or, you know, pushing pause on what was going to be my first overseas trip this year in five years, um, I've come to terms with that, you know, given the fact that, you know, we were looking forward to it for quite some time, we're finally going to do it, and yeah, now we're just pushing pause on it for now, because, you know, there are things at the moment that are more important, you know, uh, things like cinemas are closed, galleries, gigs being cancelled as well, so the music industry is suffering quite a bit, um, you know, we were due to go to Download Festival tomorrow to celebrate um, a couple of birthdays, um, but, you know, that got called off, and then, when that called, got called off, same day as the um, Grand Prix on Friday, actually, so it was like a double dose of disappointment there, um, but uh, one of my favourite bands, Nibla Viscaris, announced that they would be putting on a uh, replacement gig, just a little one, 300 people and everything, um, but then a couple of days after they were selling 
selling tickets and everything, they had to announce that that would no longer be happening either because their guitarist is going to unfortunately be caught up in the um, 14-day mandatory isolation period, um, having returned from overseas just early this week, so the gig would not have been able to go ahead on Friday. Um, Dream Theatre, my favourite band, were due to come in April um, to perform. They only come to Australia once every two, three years, so I was really looking forward to that, had my seat booked and everything, you know, I think fifth row from the front, you know, they were going to perform the entirety of Metropolis scenes from memory because it was the 20th year, uh, 20th anniversary year of that last year, but, you know, that's been also called off too, so, you know, it sucks for us as consumers and people who want to see all this stuff, but also for the people who are putting on the shows, you know, the music industry, they're suffering as a result, retailers as well, um, they're not doing so great at the moment, but for for the sake of our jobs, we still got to do what we do, you know, we can't just stop, I mean, some people can, you know, if they've got leave entitlements and everything, but, um, you know, it's encouraged that, no, we, we continue to work, even though it is a risk to be out in the public, you know, even though social distancing has been enforced, you know, we've got to stay like 1.5 metres or two arm lengths away from people, you know, we still ride public transport to go to work as well, which, you know, if anyone goes on public transport any of the, anywhere in the world, you know it's a cesspool of um, diseases and germs, so that's the risks we're taking every day because we still have to do what we do and, you know, put food on our table provided that there is food and um, provisions at the supermarket when you go. And that's another thing, you know, given the fact that the shelves are pretty much empty before nine o'clock in the morning, how does someone who works all day goes after their day is over, say, you know, seven o'clock, six o'clock in the p.m. to do their grocery shopping when there's nothing at all? Exactly, and funny story, um, I'm laughing about it now, even though it gave me a stomachache for three days earlier this week, um, there was no, I couldn't get any chicken, and I'm like, well, I was going to make, um, I was going to make a spicy chicken, you know, just a good bit of chili in there to help kill some of the bacteria and germs, you know, I always do that, like my chili, my ginger and stuff, tea, I've been drinking a lot of hot tea lately too, just to stay on top of things. Um, but yeah, you know, there was no chicken, there was no meat whatsoever, the only thing that people haven't been buying is all the vegan food, all the plant-based stuff in the meat section, so I'm like, alright, do I give this go, do I give this a go, there was a, um, vegan chicken substitute, you know, little strips, it was a weird texture, you know, even with all the chilli and all the sauce that I put in there, it just had this weird texture, and you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll eat it, you know, that's, that's what we, we had no choice, um, otherwise I could have just, basically I'm just eating carbs, you know, I need to have a bit of protein as well, you know, I've got my egg there, and there was no mushroom, I would love mushroom instead as a protein substitute, but, um, there was no mushroom, so I gave this vegan chicken a, um, a go, and yeah, for the next couple of days, my stomach wasn't too great, but at the same time, you know, the people who are hoarding all the chicken at the moment, they're not going to care, they're not going to give a rats that are, oh, there's other people out there who 
are unable to eat properly because of their selfish ignorance. So, yeah, that's that's some of the personal stuff, I guess. I mean, we've still got, I guess the positive out of all that is that we've still got footy codes going. We've still got the NRL um, going. They're going to go behind closed doors this weekend. They were playing in front of fans last week. Um, the New Zealand Warriors, of course, they can't travel back home now because of the um, isolation period that they've got to see out when they head back to New Zealand. So, you know, those guys are stuck here. Whether they're going to play um, beyond this round as well is a, is a big what-if, you know, because what if a player gets tested positive, you know, then they've basically got to suspend the entire season, you know, given all the kind of measures that they're taking to put everyone behind closed doors or to, you know, quarantine or to basically put everyone in one place. It's, you know, a matter of time before something happens and they have to put a stop on everything. So that's that. Then you've also got... um, the AFL as well, it wasn't known until last night whether round one would be going ahead or not, um, and it will indeed, with the entire season now reduced, um, 17 rounds instead of 22, so each team gets 17 games, and it's a 153-game season. Uh, the actual game time has actually been reduced as well, so 25 minutes, 26 minutes usually is a quarter, and um, now we're down to 16-minute quarter, so Basically, the game should be over in about an hour, but um, how is that going to impact the actual season? You know, like some teams, you know, it's surely going to have an impact on the way they prepare, the way they approach the game. Of course, they're going to be playing behind cold, uh, closed doors. So, you know, all this stuff about home field advantage as well is going to be um, taken away from teams. So tonight we've got the first game of the season between Richmond and Carlton. How does that impact them? You know, usually that sort of game would attract about 90,000 for the first round of the season at the MCG. It's going to be dead, you know. I mean, how often do you see the MCG, a game being played there and no one in the crowd? Like even the times that I used to go see Sheffield Shield games when I was at um, uni during my lunch break, you know, whether it was like New South Wales versus Victoria or something, there'd still be at least a hundred people in the grandstands or whatever, and you could still, there is still an atmosphere, um, but yeah, you know, we're basically going into unknown territories at the moment, I guess with locally as well, like they are taking a lot more care, you know, the teams that are having to travel into state to play, they're going to have chartered flights as well, they're going to go straight to the ground and then once the game's over they're going to be flown back home so I guess they're taking a bit more care than you know we've seen in the past or whatever but at the same time they're only a positive case away from having to suspend things and that's where the AFL have taken a potential suspension into account as well by reducing the the season size so they might have a break in the middle as well where you know let's say first four rounds or five rounds they play and then they just stop for a little while um, because winter is also on its way here in Australia. This virus, of course, will probably get worse in winter or that's what we're being told. So there might be no footy played at all during the winter, which is probably the worst time to have nothing like that on because we're all looking for 
ways to stay positive at the moment. And for a lot of us who like sport, um, the footy being on is probably the best thing at the moment that we can watch our respective teams play. We can uh, watch, you know, these guys go to work, you know, and it's it's a job for them as well. You know, if they don't play, they don't get paid um, and how they're going to provide for their families as well. So that's another factor that, you know, you've got to take into consideration too. So um, tonight, really looking forward to seeing North Queensland in the Rugby League play the Bulldogs. Uh, we lost last week against the Broncos in round one. It was a bit of a shaky start, I guess, to their season where, you know, we've got to, we've got to have a big year this year. We've got to get into the finals um, with all the strength that we've added into our back line over the off-season. You know, Valentine Holmes, of course, the million-dollar man, Isan Masters as well, with Jake, um, sorry, Scott Drinkwater as well with the halves, looking like a um, a good partner for Michael Morgan and just seeing if Morgan can get that spark back that he had um, in the run to the 2017 finals. So, yeah, you know, that's what I'm hoping that, you know, lifts my week if we can get a a win tonight, uh, the Cowboys. Um, And I'm sure there'll be other people out there as well hoping for their teams to do well. And, yeah, for the footy to Richmond and the Carlton Blues, um, hopefully we get over what it is get over all the negativity and everything and um, enjoy what's being played. And yeah, good on Formula One and supercars as well, turning to eSports and these virtual competitions to keep morale up. Um, Lando Norris, of course, he's hilarious. If you follow him on Twitch and everything, he's participating, of course, and some other drivers as well. So it's good to see that they're doing that and try to lift spirits of everyone basically at a time where it's been very difficult so you know what's next you know what what does the future hold and I guess given the unpredictable nature of what's going on all we can do is really wait you know take the advice of uh, the health professionals you know the chief medical officers and all that um, the experts uh, wash your hands all that sort of jazz all common sense stuff I like to say um as I said, you know, I'm not going to turn to speculating and hypothesizing about what or what shouldn't motorsport categories do, how should Formula One approach the rest of the year. There's just no point because I'm putting my energy into thinking about that where, you know, there's other things that we could be doing at the moment, like putting an arm around each other or not, actually. <laughs> we can't really do the touchy-feely stuff at the moment, but, um, you know, give each other an elbow elbow tap or um, virtual high five, virtual hug and make sure that we look after each other more than um, what other people are because as I said before we've seen the worst of humanity or we are seeing the worst of humanity at the moment and in a way I hope when things come out on the other side that you know they're the ones who end up um feeling the consequences you know there should be some kind of accountability for their decisions and everything like that you know whereas we are trying to do the right thing some of us are trying to keep everyone's morale up and everything and you know as much as I don't like blaming people and all that sort of stuff pointing fingers maybe there should be some accountability in this sense about um for the, for the people who are doing the wrong thing at the moment. So, 
Yeah, I guess let's all turn to multimedia. Let's turn to our books, video games, TV shows. I'm sure, you know, you've got heaps of stuff on Netflix, Amazon to watch at the moment. A lot of movies as well, even though cinemas are closed. I'm sure there's a lot of good movies out there to be able to stream or, you know, go to your local JB Hi-Fi or whatever. Buy, um, well, for those who are not in Australia, you're not going to go to JB Hi-Fi, are you? Um and HM, I don't know if HM, HMV is around still in the UK. I, I know that they were closing down. I went last time I was in the UK to buy some CDs and whatnot. I got the Alien box set on Blu-ray in um, at Stratford <laughs> in London. So that was really cool. I love that. I love the Alien franchise and getting the box set on Blu-ray for next to nothing as well was pretty good. It was like, I think... £13 I paid for it, so yeah, not not much when you convert that back to Aussie dollars, so turn to all that, you know, do what you can to stay, to stay positive, um, what, what next for me as well in this podcast, well, as I said, I don't really, really want to be coming on air and talking about speculation and all that sort of jazz, if I've got something to talk about, I will come on next week and do it. If not, then I'll let you know via Twitter that, yeah, this week I'm going to be taking a break. Um, you know, I've got some exciting things that I'm looking forward to doing anyway, like uh, I'm going to get my hands on Doom Eternal when it comes out. I'm going to play that this weekend. Let uh, let that stress come out through that. It looks so amazing, that game. <laughs> I haven't been ex- that excited for a game in so long. And then, you know, there's obviously F1, the game uh, as well. Forza Horizon, I've been playing quite a bit of. Um, and I started watching the Amazon documentary on the Australian cricket team, The Test. You know, I might even talk about that next time I'm on too when I finish it. Just finished watching Altered Carbon on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Um, and of course, Star Trek Picard as well, which has been a great series that I've been watching on Amazon too. For all those uh, Star Trek TNG fans out there, TNG probably my favourite Star Trek. Who knows? I might do a whole podcast next week on stuff that's totally not racing, you know? talk about other things but um i'll leave it till next week to make that decision anyway but um from me to you guys i hope you guys take care of yourselves take care of your loved ones remember to be positive even though it's really difficult in these times um because you know you giving a morale boost to someone else that you care about whether it's your work colleague if you're still having to work or you know your family members or loved ones or friends it's going to go a long way to boosting, like as long as it's genuine, you know, none of this thoughts and prayers nonsense, Um, as long as it's genuine, I'm sure that it's going to go a long way, and you know, we'll get through this, that's all I can say, we're going to get through this guys, so thank you for tuning in, Um, obviously not the podcast that we would have been hoping to have talked about this week, we should have been talking about the Australian Grand Prix, who won on Sunday, um, the race, you know, the supercars as well, um, looking forward to Bahrain this weekend, even though it was going to be behind closed doors, but for now, we're just having to push pause, you know, push that great big pause button on everything, and, um, you know, we'll just see what the future holds, so thank you guys again for tuning in, and, um, Stay subscribed to my Twitter page, Hit the Apex Media, for all the latest. 
of what's going on and uh, what are my plans are as well. And I'll hopefully, um, hopefully you guys will hear from me soon. Ciao.